Hello and welcome to episode 159 of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast. I am Jarrett, and I am here with the scourge of Ironforge and games industry public defender, Nick Zellenkevich. You know, I have to admit, the uh, amount of time I've been spending scourging Ironforge has been less and less lately. Uh, you don't have to say that part, Nick. You don't got to let them know that you're not necessarily the scourge of Ironforge. <laughs> no, I think I've been, well, I, I, I've been being scourged in Crucible, I think, is really what my time has been spent on lately. Oh, you've been playing Destiny. Yes. Okay. Well, before we get into that, also introduce <laughs> <laughs> our other guest, uh, Jovan Branch, also known as Sage the Infinite, formerly of N-Orbit. I'm not sure. Are you going going to go back to N-Orbit? How's that looking for you? I, I can see myself coming back to, to in orbit now that uh we've been blessed with the Taken King. Ah, blessed <laughs> with the Taken King. That first topic is going to be amazing. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, first off, let's. Uh, this is the end of the month. We've been, you know, we always do you know, the, the what you've been playing. So uh, let's get started. Nick, let's, 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 let's talk to you. What have you been playing? I've actually been playing a few things. I finally got around to picking up Mass Effect 3. Uh, and started playing that, and I just have to say that Bioware, the, the I, I I don't know, I find myself less and less interested in the combat in that game. Like I I, I feel like uh, who was it? Like Jennifer Hep- Hepler years ago, who said like she's all about the story, but really wants to just skip the combat. Um, yeah, I find that the combat in that game really feels lacking, like even more than I mean, I, I didn't have any problems with Mass Effect Two, but something just feels off with Mass Effect Three, but. The story is so damn engaging, and especially the relationships with everybody. Every time you see somebody show up from one of the old games, I'm like, hey, it's you. And then you see how well everybody's been doing since you went on the suicide mission at the end of two. And it's, it's very exciting. Um, you know, and then there was one part where, uh, you know, I got into like an argument with Ashley and, you know, she was my romantic interest in the first game. And then I kind of hooked up with Miranda in the second game. And she was all like, well, you hooked up with that other girl. And I was like, but we were on a break. Like, it was a whole, it, it felt very authentic to be in a frustrating conversation. And then we got into a fight at one point, And then something bad happens, like, right after that. And I kind of felt like maybe it was my fault. Like, the game knew, like, oh, you're getting into a fight with Ashley? Well, we're going to do something bad right now. <laughs> so, I don't, like, having played a little bit more since then, I don't think it was entirely my fault. But I still felt really bad. Like, oh. And then it was the funny thing too is that you could tell there was a cutscene where if things had gone well, like oh, I guess they're supposed to like kiss or something there, and instead they just kind of shared like an awkward look, and I'm like that that felt kind of like bad programming wise that there was an awkward look, but at the same time like that actually felt authentic. Like after that conversation, there would be an awkward look there. So good, good job, Bioware. You've 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 captured the nuances of uh, of. of Bad relationships. <laughs> I, I did not finish Mass Effect 3. I'm like almost, like I'm probably more than halfway through it, to be honest with you. You know what turned me off to it? The fact that in order to get the good ending, you have to be, you have to be, first of all, have everything done in the game perfectly on the bad side, though. Mm. Wait, what? To get the perfect ending. Like there's like, there's like, there's like an ending and then there's another ending after the ending, but to get the perfect ending, you have to, I guess, have the, the galactic readiness at like 100%. So to do that, or not 100%, but like at a certain level, and to do that, you have to play the multiplayer and you also have to do things in the game. I think you could do it without doing playing the multiplayer, but then you have to do like a ridiculous amount of like galactic readiness, galactic readiness stuff in the game, right? But then, in order to get this ending, this extra ending, you have to be bad. Like you can't, you can't be good. If it's good, you won't get it. Well, that's fine. Well, you play bad. 
Uh, no, well, that's my second playthrough. Yeah. So well, that's the thing. I didn't play through. Like, I, I'm definitely not going back to Mass Effect One at this point. I can't go back. Mm-mm. Like, I had a hard, hard enough time playing Mass Effect One before I played Mass Effect Two. There's no way I can go back to playing Mass Effect One. I like Mass I, Effect One. What's that? I said I like Mass Effect One. I, I no, uh, it was good for the time, but it's so dated now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I'll, I'll admit, I do kind of want to go back and just start from the beginning and just shoot all three of them in one like month long shot. I feel like that might be fun, but yeah, I don't, I don't have time for that. That might be too much Mass Effect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So you've been playing anything else? Uh, just Destiny. Just, de- oh, just Destiny. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, uh, Sage, you been playing anything this month? Uh, Destiny. Um. I actually was playing Street Fighter Alpha 2 the other day. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually took it back. Um, what else? Madden 16. Uh, finally, pick- finally, finally, uh, that got commercial finally worked on you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL worked on me. That's what, uh, <laughs> uh, right, right. that's what worked on me. EA, EA could never sell me a Madden game. That's the. That's the problem. But they, but they do every year, don't they? It's the, the NFL sells sells me a Madden game, and I, I get a. I love. I've grown up playing football games all my life, and the fact that it's the only one, it's it's hard to break the tradition, and you know. So I just try to pick it up used now, you know, to kind of throw them some shade. But you know, it's hard when you got a lock on a, a sport like that. But um, I've been playing that. I just picked up 2K16, played a little bit of that. Um, and that's all I can remember off the top of my head right now. Oh, okay. Uh, well, besides Destiny 3, the only other thing I was playing was Metal Gear. I've played Metal Gear for over 40 hours. I'm 22% of the way done. The game is fucking incredible. Wow. The game is wow. incredible. Actually, that's going to lead to another topic a little bit later on as well. Uh, because, you know, one of my biggest things was voice acting. Mm. And Keith Sutherland is a terrible snake. Fucking, he's a fucking <laughs> horrible snake. Like, there's no redeeming him as snake. Nothing you can say can make like, oh, he's not that bad. No, he's fucking terrible. Snake. Okay. <laughs> also, the guy who's doing the voice of Ocelot, not a good Ocelot. I'm pretty sure he's a great voice actor in other places. He's a bad Ocelot. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but the game is incredible. Yeah, the I game think- is, yeah. I, I picked it up too, but I haven't played it yet. You know, it takes me at least two, three years to play Metal Gear games. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta prepare myself, man, for the epicness. So it takes a couple years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a great game. The cinematics are awesome. The first time I saw a Metal Gear, like the actual Metal Gear, like you, you see it, like in, in the same mission, you see it like sitting there. You know, you just kind of see it sitting there. It's not doing anything. In mm. that same mission, it goes active. But not like any other Metal Gear you've seen. Like, you know, before it was Metal Gear, you see it sitting there, you'll see it turn on and it'll get up. Like, no, this one falls from the fucking sky. It's already active. It's amazing. Oh. It's awesome. And then it's also creepy at the same time because of the way it moves. And it looks for you and it's not manned. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, it's, it's pretty dope. It, it, it's, it's pretty dope. Uh, so that I, I'm really, really enjoying that. But for now, I've been playing Destiny because of Taken King, which uh, De- Taken King is their best expansion. 
oh, so yeah. far. And they fixed a lot of stuff. They fixed a lot of stuff. Um, and I don't want to get too big into too deep into it because like, that's like our first major topic. So, but basically, that's that's what I've been playing. Like nothing else really besides Metal Gear and Destiny. You know, you call the Taken King the best expansion, and uh, I think Larry Wilmore has the low bar award. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's that's very appropriate here. That they didn't they didn't really have to be that good to be earn that title. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it, like it's, I'm not saying it's a, it's a great game, uh, but it's their best. It's their best effort thus far. <laughs> so uh, let's get into the news bites now. As you guys know, last time we attempted to do a new format. To be uh, more efficient, but that didn't really work. Thanks, Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, not a big deal. But now we are. We're trying to, uh, you know, keep things steady and moving, and you know, have the have the small stuff. You know, put that out the way, and then uh, get into some of the deeper topics, the stuff that you guys actually listen to the Mashcast for. So we're gonna go over the news bites. Not really stick too much time on it. And then uh, we're going to go into our deeper articles. So uh, first things first, let's talk a little bit about Tomb Raider. Uh, there may be microtransactions in Tomb Raider. Now, we already know that Tomb Raider is not a... Uh, it's it's not It doesn't have any multiplayer. It's completely single-player, which is a great move they made by taking by just deciding not to go multiplayer at all so they can focus on the single-player. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So they, uh, there, is no, uh, there is no multiplayer. Um... But yet, there's microtransactions in the single player. Somebody was playing a a demo of Tomb Raider, and they ran into a mode that where they uh, they alerted that they had earned credits for some type of um, app, uh, like it was like some type of app challenge, and I guess that ties in with the phone. So, like the 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 thing is, Crystal Dynamics didn't give any details on it. But it's kind of similar to the things that they saw with Metal Gear, with the with the forward operating bases, where it, you could tell that this had to do with some type of microtransaction, where you had some type of points, you know, uh, point system or coins that you could probably pay real-world money for. Uh, so, I mean, like, the, the, the publishers are constantly looking for ways to dig into our pockets. I wouldn't be too surprised. Um, it may not affect the game at all. I know so far, because I actually, I play Metal Gear offline, uh, which actually here's a tip for you, Sage. Decline the EULA at the beginning of the game, so and it won't make you go online. Because if you if you if you accept it, it'll turn you online all the time. Oh. And when you're online in Metal Gear, the problem I have was that people can raid your fucking base and take your people. Oh nah. Chill, no. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why would I want to do that? Like, nah. you know, like why that doesn't sound fun at all for me. I want Metal Gear as a single player experience. I really don't want people to be able to invade my base. Now, obviously, we don't know what it is in Tomb Raider, but we're looking at, like, uh, microtransactions, possibly in Tomb Raider, so uh, keep a lookout for that. Uh, next up is the, the PS Vita more than likely will not have a successor. That's not really a big surprise, seeing as everybody keeps saying that PS Vita is a failure, um, even though so- uh, Sony doesn't think that it's a failure. The reason they're saying that, it, it, uh, you know, they wouldn't, they're not really looking into a uh, PS Vita 2 is because it doesn't look like the climate really, you know, it's really good for the climate. I, mean, I have a PS Vita, and I love it. And the games that are out for it are great. Uh, but if you don't want to play, if, you, like, if, if gaming mobile, like real gaming mobile, isn't your cup of tea, then I guess you don't need a, a Vita. Like I, take, like, I take a Vita everywhere with me over my 3DS, you know? 
Uh, but like, yeah, the, the Vita Two does not look like it's happening. Uh, also, there's a there's something I just remembered, and it's actually not on the program. Sorry, guys. Mighty Number no. Nine looks like it's getting a release date in February. So sometime in February for those who've been waiting for Mighty Number no. Nine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, our actual articles and our uh, the things that we want to talk about. And the first is an article from Forbes. Uh, you know, me and Nick's favorite publication. Uh, <laughs> it's one of them with our favorite people, you know, Paul Tassie, uh, <laughs> saying that the De- Destiny's The Taken King is not worth forty dollars; it's worth sixty dollars. And I, uh, I really did scoff at that. But <laughs> he was saying that, um, you know, it's worth sixty dollars because it's packed, uh, you know, and with so much content. He played for twelve hours just in one day. I'm like, okay, so what? Uh, you know, there's lots of new missions. There's lots of uh, lots of new missions, which I will say that like, I've been playing it for like two weeks now, and I am not done with all of the missions yet. Um, so there's new missions. There's new weapons. There's uh, new strikes. Uh, there's new classes. Obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of new stuff in the Taken King. And he said this is he said this is basically a Destiny sequel, and I say nay to that. Um, but I kind of want to, you know, before I, I get into my spiel, I kind of want to hear what, you know, you, Nick, because you've been playing it, and, you know, Sage, what do you guys have to say about that? I'll, I'll let uh, Sage go first since he was on <laughs> in orbit. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he explicitly left in orbit because he was not happy with Destiny. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely think it's, it, it was worth, uh, you know, the money that they charged for it. But as far as it being a sequel, type expansion and it it being a sixty dollar uh game i totally disagree with that i do think they fixed a lot of stuff and uh they changed a lot of stuff for the better but um some of that stuff was idiotic from the beginning so i'm not really going to give them credit for fixing it because <laughs> it shouldn't have been like that in the first place but um i don't know man i just i just totally disagree with with uh his assessment of this uh expansion and um you know like i said i have enjoyed it i think it's definitely you know a lot of content uh for what it's worth but nah it's 60 dollars. nah it's not it's it's not the level of a sequel in my opinion oh definitely not what about you nick well i i think if you if you missed year one and if if you went out and you just picked up the legendary edition for 60 dollars, you're getting your money's worth um, I think that, I don't know, I, I, I think we spent a lot of time comparing, at least I did because of my background, comparing Destiny to WoW, and I, I was listening to a, a WoW podcast, The Instance, and they made the point that the, the better comparison for Destiny is Diablo, where it's a game that, especially Diablo 3, that came out, it was flawed when it came out, and everybody was upset about the flaws, and it took them until the first expansion to fix that. Um, you know, in Diablo's case being Reaper of Souls. And since Reaper of Souls came out, everybody's been loving Diablo, and, and you know, the, for the Diablo fans, it's been great. Um, and I feel like this is kind of the expansion that goes out and fixes everything that was wrong with Destiny before, um, and a lot of the complaints. And even then, you know, I, I, I was someone, you know, I was playing Destiny for a while. I got uh, uh, the Dark Below, and I, I didn't really get into the Dark Below, mostly because I played Crucible. So all the story stuff really kind of goes, I haven't been involved in that. 
Um, but this actually, the changes they made with the quests, and specifically giving you that whole separate quest pane and 32 separate quests that you can have in addition to the bounties, instead of like the quests and the bounties kind of competing for space in your inventory, um, that alone has gotten me more interested in the story. And I've already gone through and and done more of this, more parts of the story than I had um, before. I've at least advanced that. Um, so I feel like, I feel like those changes as far as making the game a complete experience, it feels like, and it feels cliche to say this because we say this about a lot of games. It feels like we paid for the beta for the first year mm. that it took them a, a year to really figure out what is, what is destiny? What makes destiny tick? And how can we kind of accentuate that and, and, and develop the game around what the vision is? Because I think, I, I think there it's, I think this Part of the problem with Destiny, I don't know if they, maybe they were just too ambitious or they had too much of a schedule that they had to adhere to as far as trying to release it last year, um, but it just felt half-baked, like it wasn't completely there. And at least now the product that we've been giving is there. And so, and that's why I say like, as far as paying $60 for the experience that you're getting, that's justified. But the problem is when you factor in that you've paid for everything that came prior, uh, you know, the $60 for Destiny Classic, the $20 for the, the Dark Below, and then House of Wolves. So that's $100 there right off the bat, uh, you know, assuming you didn't get any kind of discount or anything on any of those. Uh, but there are people who potentially paid $100 for basically what amounts to a year of a subpar experience. And so then, at this point, whether or not you feel that the Taken King is worth the full $60 value or not... Um, that really comes into how much you want to count the sins of the past against it. Um, cause I definitely understand his argument. I definitely, I would have no problem recommending destiny at this point to anybody looking for a game. Um, whereas last year, I think I would have been like, well, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll enjoy it for the cost. Um, but no, if, I mean, if anybody hasn't played destiny, I would definitely recommend, you know, assuming you like, you know, like FPS games that are kind of MMOs. Um, you'll definitely enjoy the experience, I think. But um, yeah, it's it's really how 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 much do you want to factor in that hundred dollars that you've already sunk into it? Um, it is, I mean, that is a sunk cost at this point. If you did sink in the hundred dollars, you only had to pay forty. So I, I, you know, you're getting your money's worth in that regard for what you know what's going forward. But yeah, it's I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things where it's like I get you're excited about it, and I get you want to make the argument that it's worth sixty dollars, but we're not just talking about $60. We're talking about $160 and that's or hundred. I guess it's $140 versus $60. Um, and yeah, $140 plus all the time we spent the year leading up to this. I don't know if that really makes it worth it. Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like he specifically says, I'm trying to pull back and view it from the scope of an average destiny player who has kept up with all the content so far. So in, in that case, it's definitely not worth $60 because we, we paid $140 for it. Like you say, you know, some people may have gotten discounts, which may be true, but I'm talking about the average person. The average person who has had no discounts, who has paid the full $140 for the experience they're getting right now. And my stance about the pricing remains the same as it was before, where players who have paid, who played all the way through year one, who bought Destiny, The Dark Below, and House of Wolves should not have had to pay an additional $40 for this game because a lot of the, like, at least half of what went into this game that's making it great are the fixes from the shit before. Mm. That's the thing. The, like, the, 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 the net code for the Crucible is much improved now. I, it, I, it is very rare for me to see 
a lagging player now. If somebody is lagging, it is just blatantly obvious because they're skipping around and stuff like that. You can tell it's on their end. Um, you know, the, the the level design is better. There's more variety in the strikes. Like, all these things should have been fixed for free before this the, before this expansion. But they dropped it all in this expansion. And, you know, you can kick back and say, oh, well, you know, even if you didn't get the expansion, you still got the 17-gig patch that gave you all this stuff. That's true. But they know damn well that if you don't get the expansion, you can barely play the game. Right. If you don't get the expansion, one, you have to wait till you get level 40 to uh, to even experience, you know, the strikes, the uh, the dailies and things of that nature. But to even get that stuff, like to, to get you to go into it, you now need to have a light level of like two, like a minimum of 260 to be able to survive that stuff. Oh, yeah. If you don't have a light level 260, you're going to get crushed. If you have a light level 260, you're going to get crushed, but you just have, you have a better chance of finishing it at that point. Can you even get to level 40 without the expansion? You can. Oh, okay. You get to level 40 without the expansion, so you can unlock that additional stuff, but, like, you can barely play the game. Like, you're you're definitely getting way left behind. Like, the game that you bought, if you do not buy the expansion, is completely crippled. Well, I I think any game, any persistent online game world that continues to update itself, the expectation is that you're going to continue to buy the latest content patches and that prior you know dlc or or, uh, or expansions sort of become um uh, almost irrelevant uh, after a time that yeah if you want to play destiny you want to play destiny the taking king you don't want to just get vanilla, vanilla destiny or you know the dark the, the dark below and expect to have the optimal experience you need to stay current in a game like this i mean it's 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 ever evolving that's kind of the point um, yeah but so if- i, I you know, with, when WoW comes out with an expansion, do they cripple the experience, like completely cripple, to almost being unplayable if you don't buy the expansion right away? I wouldn't say unplayable, but, I mean, they do they do make changes that, that do affect prior content and don't necessarily worry about fixing them. Um, you know, oftentimes they'll, you know, every expansion they'll rework talents or some of the class abilities, and as far as how that plays at the earlier levels through older content if that's unbalanced they're not worried about that right um i mean maybe you know even even i mean even if there's a large enough outcry they don't even necessarily respond to that because to them that's outdated content people will you know people aren't really supposed to be there i mean or you know they'll they'll get through there and then they'll move on to what's you know the better content that's up ahead um so yeah i mean it's that's i mean even then wow's making the the you know wow's encouraging people with the the boosts to max level and whatnot they're encouraging people skip that altogether. you know go back later if you want to be a completionist but we want you in the new content where everybody is where you're seeing the world and or you're seeing the other player base i should say um you know excluding garrisons for any WoW fans that are listening and kind of rolling their eyes when i say that but um you know they want everybody in the in the modern content playing together with their friends all in one place with a shared experience and that's i think that's the expectation of any MMO you can expect for destiny if you want you know if you're still playing in you know house even house of wolves yeah you're going to get a subpar experience because that's not the current content and that's just that's just the nature of these games yeah but still at the same time uh you can't completely disregard like people who don't like especially from the beginning like you know i can imagine over time uh uh, just older content becoming completely you know uh, more uh what's the word i'm looking for more irrelevant you know but like from a from expansion to expansion like the day the dark below came out 
you couldn't do a daily heroic. You couldn't do a weekly heroic uh, strike. You couldn't do a weekly nightfall. The, that, that first week, you know? It wasn't until House of Wolves came out that if the uh, the weekly strike wasn't uh, an expansion one, you know, it wasn't like one of the expansions, you had a chance of having another strike uh, be one you could play. But like the uh, Bungie completely degrades the experience of players who may not want to jump into paying an additional forty dollars, you know, for an- for for uh, another part of the game when the previous forty dollars they spent feels more like a twenty dollar expansion. The the House of Wolves and the Dark Bull combined feels like a twenty dollars expansion. To be perfectly honest with you, I think you're being generous. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the Dark Below. The Dark Below was the shittiest expansion I've ever seen in any game. It was awful. Yeah, that oh, well, been me five, and, but... when me and Sage finished that shit in ninety minutes. We were yeah, like, yeah. "Are you serious?" That 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 should have been like five dollars at yeah. the most. <laughs> and that was probably the most important expansion. Simply for the fact that it was uh so it was it, like you know what Polygon had given Destiny like a seventy, you know a seven out of ten because of how sh- you know how short the game was, uh, how repetitive it is, and everybody's like okay well just wait for the dark below wait for the dark below everything will be good when the dark below comes out. Dark below comes out three missions a raid that is just so broken, it's ridiculously broken. A few months after that. You have the hard mode of the raid, which is even more broken. I mean, like, you know how many times, like, be, like and before we beat the raid for the first time on hard mode, how many times we failed somebody because of a glitch? Like, Crota got up before he was supposed to get up. You know? Like, it's it, it was just really bad. And to say that, okay, well, this game is, the, the Taken King is $40, but it's worth 60 if you are a brand new player, this is a great time to get in Destiny, and it's a, for a great value. This is a $60 game. And it's just funny that this came, the Taken King came out alongside of Metal Gear, like a week after Metal Gear, because Metal Gear is a $60 game. I've played it for 40 hours, 22% of the way in. You know? Versus, you know, Destiny. And not, I just don't want to compare it to time. But the amount of activity, new activity I can do, I haven't re- done a repeat thing in in, in uh, Metal Gear yet. I have not repeated any missions, any side ops, nothing. And that's 40 hours. After you play Destiny for, let's say, 15 or 20 hours, it's all repeats after that. That's all it is. It's just repeat, 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 repeat. You know? Right now, I'm actually run- I'm starting to run low on, on new missions. You know, and then the newer missions that I'm getting are just like fetch stuff. It's like you know, uh, go here and kill this many cabal. Go here, kill this many hive. Uh, use your shotgun while you have a special telemetry enabled. Like you know, stuff like that. But uh, actual actual mission content is starting to run low, and the mission content has been fun. It's the most that they've done, you know. But I don't even think the Taken King is worth forty bucks because, like I said, a lot of the stuff that makes the game better were fixes that they should have been able before. They should have had the netcode fixed months ago. We started having trouble with lag in January, and that's because the player base was so small that they combined different continents for like for for a crucible, and that's why we started having trouble with lag. Like it was a noticeable difference going from December to January, and then the January Iron Banner. Iron Banner, the last couple Iron Banners have been so laggy that people have just not played them because they've been so bad. Okay? 
so the netcode thing should have been fixed a long time ago. Uh, adding variety to the strike should have been something that should have been done a long time ago. This is all because they, they, the only reason they were able to put this stuff into the Taken King is because of the community feedback they got, and the year one players should not have had to play, pay, uh, pay full price for that. Well, did they fix the netcode, or is it just that because of the influx of players for the Taking King that now they've split the servers back so you're not playing on European servers anymore? I don't know. I actually don't know. But Actually, if, if, if we can go back just for a moment, um, you, mentioned, you mentioned that, the, the, and I think we both kind of said that like the $60 for the Legendary Edition, that's worth it for players now if you, if you missed out on Destiny. Absolutely, but, yeah. But we know... We know that according to the Activision uh, quarterly statements, that they had 20 million registered users for Destiny, but they only sold about six point what six point three million copies, somewhere in the neighborhood of that. Yeah. So there's like 14 million registered accounts that didn't actually buy the game, and that's a huge discrepancy. And I wonder if maybe the Taken King, and especially the Legendary Dis- Edition, really wasn't set up to be like, okay, for all those 14 million people who tried out the game and for whatever reason didn't actually buy it, this is the game that you want to buy. And maybe that's kind of who that Destiny sort of targeted at right now. Like, okay, we got the six point million people. They're they're playing the game. They're gonna buy. Maybe they're not gonna buy, but they're you know they already kind of bought in. But we need to get that 14 million people to actually you know pay for this. And you know that's sort of what the Taken King experience is targeted at. And us sitting here and saying like you know arguing about whether or not it was worth the whole hundred and forty dollars. That's kind of irrelevant because as long as you get those 14 million people to hear that oh you didn't buy Destiny before this is the one you want to buy. Those are the people who need to go out and buy this for Activision and that's who this is all aimed at. Maybe. Maybe. But they're still not releasing like any numbers. They're still not releasing like any numbers uh, on you know, like how many units they sold. They, they, they're they still using that very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're still using that very, uh, uh, that, that speech like, whoa, this many people have played, this many missions have been done. They're not, they're not really giving any details on, uh, you know, on, on, who, on how many people actually bought it. They're, they're never going to do that at this point. I think like, well, oh, go ahead. I just want to say, we do know that it was the most downloaded game on, uh, for game day release for PlayStation. Well, of course it was because even if you bought a even if you bought a uh, a, a, a physical copy, the Taken King was a digital download. Like it, the physical copies of Destiny, they're they're the same discs. They're the same discs that were pressed from before. They were probably discs. <laughs> they were probably discs that that got sent back from retailers, <laughs> <laughs> and then they were put into new boxes. And they were get they have slips for the digital download of the Taken King, so of course, like anybody who bought the game had to download it digitally. I think uh, you know the thing about this is like if this was a sequel, a true sequel, I would be pissed. You know, <laughs> so I, I that's where I disagree with with the article. But as far as like it being an expansion, I'm not I'm not disappointed yet. You know what I've played. I think I think they, you know, they they righted a lot of wrongs and they added, you know, a good, a nice amount of content so far. But um, as far as it being like a sequel, I would be extremely pissed if I paid sixty dollars and this was Destiny Two. I would be like, no. So I think that that's so off base to to make that statement. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just—I <laughs> mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's like I said, it's 
it's more enjoyable to play now than it's ever been. But at the same time, dude, it really, uh, uh, Bungie, you still owe me. (laughs) (laughs) You owe me. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, they say game devs don't owe anybody. No, you owe me. Like, you, you you fucking owe us. You know, the dark below, you have to, if you, you know, 20 bucks for the House of Wolves, okay. And maybe I'm only thinking about it like that simply for the fact that it was better than the dark below, which because the dark below was utter trash. You owe us for the dark below. You owe me $15 of content. Even though I didn't really like, you know, I wasn't too fond of, of, of House of Wolves with some of the changes and some of the things that went on with that. I do definitely agree with that, that it was better than the Dark Below. Even though some of the things that they added with Dark Below, I did like, like the weapons. You know, I did like that stuff. But as far as it, you know, overall, like, yeah, House of Wolves was definitely better. Yeah, like, that's the thing. House of Wolves is definitely better. And, like, I think the House of Wolves got more praise than it really deserved. Yeah. Because the Dark Below was fucking awful. If you want to defend fucking Dark Below to me, you need to stand about ten feet away from me while you do it because that shit was terrible, yo. It was. I I just want to say, as the games industry public defender, have at it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it was awful. So I don't know. I guess the, the Destiny is better than it's ever been, but then again, you have that low bar award. Like you know, this it's now for sixty bucks. It's great. Like for, if you if you're just paying sixty bucks to get in, you know, it's a good game for sixty dollars. It's not even a it's not even like a great game. It's not the great the the greatest experience ever. They still have that manufactured epic feel to it. Like they they have that. Like I really can't stand that. Like they have that 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 manufactured epic feel. Where, like, they, it's the same thing Call of Duty has. Where they want you to feel legendary. Like, their marketing is much better than their actual gameplay making you feel legendary. Like, before the game came out, they had that, uh, that your that legend video where you put your name in and it made a quick video with all of your achievements and stuff like that. Did you guys use that? Or, Nick, you yes. saw mine. Yeah, so. Yeah, that, no, that was cool. Yeah, like, that makes you, and that makes it look like you have this legendary journey during your first year. You're like, no, it wasn't like that at all. Like no, like it was a lot of repeat. Like it loses its legendary sheen every time you replay it. <laughs> right, and I, I think another thing is like they try to make it, it the 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 game seem so vast with uh you know how big the universe is, and honestly, like when you play, it doesn't feel you know vast at all. Like yes, the, the span of the game it just seems like it's very leveled. You know, and it, I mean, it's nothing wrong with that, but when you, when you go and you approach it as it being this, this vast landscape and universe that, that, that you're exploring, like that gets lost in destiny when you actually play it, you know? And that was the thing that I thought, you know, going in, you know, uh, the pre-hype and everything that, you know, the, the, uh, you know, some of the, the visuals that they showed off and, um you know, some of the trailers and stuff, you know, I was like, yo, this game is going to be crazy. It looks, it looks huge. It looks crazy. But, you know, when you got it, it's like, it's like, that's, you know, the patrol area. That's it. Like, that's this whole planet is this patrol area. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, Like, I would say each patrol area is probably twice the size of a battlefield map. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. each patrol area is about twice the size of the battlefield map. So, yeah, not that impressive. Yeah, <laughs> not it just, that impressive at all. It just doesn't seem like you're going through this huge universe of of uh of content and of you know of immersion. Like I think the immersion factor is is lost in the game. Yeah. In this game, you know, you you really want to feel like you're a part of this universe and a part of this this fight and this struggle, but you don't feel like that. You just feel like a player that's just completing tasks. Like it just it just doesn't feel epic at all. And I mean that's that's fine for me. Like playing, I enjoy the game for what it is because I kind of do. You know, I like some of the, the the things that you have to do. You know, I don't mind so much some of the repetitive stuff. But after a while of playing and playing, it's just like it it starts to beat on you. And um, you know, I didn't think that was going to be something that was going to be in this game like that. Yeah, you're right. Like they they keep their marketing is great. Yeah, you know, <laughs> even like I was watching one of the old commercials, um, with that had a uh, fucking uh the dude from uh Breaking Bad. What was the name of Breaking Bad? The Chicken Man. Uh, oh my God, why can't I remember his name? I don't remember his name either. The meth dealer. Like oh, he he ran the meth operation. Um, can't remember his name. Walter uh, White. Is it Walter? No, White? not Walter White. Uh, the actual, the other dude. Oh, the, oh, the, the, the his, uh, the younger dude. Fring Gustavo. Gustavo, yeah, Gustavo, yeah. That's that's the guy. I forget his real name though. Uh, but he was in a commercial and he's reading a story to somebody. And one of the sayings of Destiny, part of the lore, is you know, uh, the strength of the pack is the wolf. The strength of the wolf is the pack. That's like that's like an awesome saying. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's some shit you can get tattooed on your body, like <laughs> you know, and like it, it feel it's it's uh it's it's cool and the lore is cool and shit like that, but the the game doesn't actually translate the lore at all. It feels like right. I th- I think I mean it 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 does. I mean I'm, I don't want to say selfish, but I think if this game was more raid based, you know, with with stuff like that, I think we would feel a little bit because you know the the raids at time at times have felt like kind of epic you know with some of the things that you do and in, in, in the way you have to work together and uh you know how it seems like there's there's a lot there so if there were more raids like you know involved in the game i think i think i would feel a little differently about what i said until people you know figure out how to cheese it right when they ch- <laughs> i mean but that's what almost any game if if you pay attention to that stuff and, and people you know they they put those tactics on you like it's gonna lose some of some of its shine. And I mean, we was talking about that last night. You know how you know they were posting things that you know in the group that we were like, yo, you know, let's let's wait a little bit. Let's you know let's enjoy it a little bit. Let's experience yeah, it. Yeah, like they ruined fucking orcs for me already. <laughs> like because they say so it wasn't even the picture they took. It was a picture that somebody somebody was watching a stream and they took a screenshot of the stream and said, oh, look at this. I'm like, dude. Do you mind? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, um, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but, yeah, it's it definitely, like I say, if, you, if, you're paying, if you're just getting into it just now, that's great. But uh, $40 worth of content, it actually feels like 60 Sorry, Paul. No. <laughs> Sorry. You don't, we, you, like, like, I know it's a big surprise coming from us, but we disagree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so um, yeah, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, Amazon Fire TV Gaming Edition. 
that's uh, that's happening. You know, we, we last matchcast we talked about the the Apple's. Oh, well, I don't want to call it a failure, but like you know, uh, when you hear Apple TV and they said they had an announcement regarding gaming, and then you actually see the announcement, the next thing you hear is like a deflating balloon. Because like that's 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 what it really felt like. Uh, Amazon is actually is pressing the throttle a little harder. They're releasing a Fire TV. Uh, that's the gaming edition. It is one hundred thirty nine dollars. Has a uh, dedicated GPU, one hundred twenty eight gigabytes of expandable storage, and two gigahertz quad core processor. Uh, and it also comes with a thirty two gigabyte uh, micro SD. Uh, and two games, so I guess you're looking at, you know, uh, it was about 170 gigs worth of storage. Um, and it also comes with a, with a controller as well. Uh, my thing is, though, who are they targeting this to? $140 for a device that's ultimately going to play mobile games. Or games that you will play on, like, the, um, the Ouya. You know, like, who are you really targeting this to? Because if I'm a gamer, which I am, by the way, um, <laughs> and I'm looking at this, and I'm just kind of like, uh, if for 140 bucks, I'd probably just buy a Wii U, you know? I'd spend the extra money and get an actual game console. I'd, I'd just buy, like, a Wii U, you know? Um like so, I, I just don't. I don't understand. Like I, mean, I understand they're trying to press into gaming and stuff like that. And there are some games I have on my phone uh, that, that you know because they're mobile friendly, you know, and that's nice. But if I if I for an actual gaming session, I can't see myself sitting down in front of this and you know uh, playing it. Like actually, NBA Two K Sixteen is going to be one of the games that's on there. But it, there's no way it could be. It could be anywhere close to what. 2K16 is on the Xbox One or the PS4 or even the Wii U, if that was the case. Right, right. I, I mean, it's 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 almost like it's almost like they're trying to like find some type of niche audience, like where it's like, okay, these people are hardcore gamers, but they're not really gamers. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it feels like they're trying to get to because. I think the only thing that can make this type of stuff really, you know, jump out and make people pay attention is is a killer app. You know, just like with any system, you need that 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 uh that content that's going to make people say, "Yo, I've got to play that." But right now, it's just like, you know, some of these games. It's like, yo, if you already have a mobile device, you're you're gonna play it on there. If if you want to play something with a controller, you're probably gonna buy a sit an actual game system like these these products that come out that it's kind of like they just they're in a limbo and they're trying to take advantage of an audience that is doesn't really exist like that well i think we thought that there was a bigger market for like what are these called like micro consoles yeah Mm -hmm. um you know like when the ouya was announced and the fact that the ouya failed well that had a lot to do with that fucking commercial (laughs) <laughs> well, well, no. The, the, I mean, the Uya, the Uya didn't help themselves, but I, I think the fact that I mean that was what like two, three years ago now, yeah. and we're still talking about the micro console market in theory. Yeah, that nothing's really kind of come in and 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 established a beachhead in that space. That 
I don't think there's a market there. I think I, I think the problem is that anybody who wa- wants to get invested in gaming is just going to buy either Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft. You know, that th- to justify the it's, it's it's that price point. It's that what hundred and forty dollars at that point. Yeah, just just go and buy a real console at that point. It's not. I mean, may, I mean, maybe. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, I'm thinking maybe it's this is for people who like. Oh well, I want like a you know like a streaming device that also plays games. But at that point, the streaming devices are so much cheaper anyway. I mean, what I think we were talking about this the other day. The Chromecast is what like thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, so you're already you already have to go so much over that to justify this device. That why not just go all the way and get a real gaming device? Not to say this isn't a real gaming device, but it's not a real gaming. Device. It's not. <laughs> so it's not. I'll back you up on that statement. <laughs> so yeah, so it's like they're trying to hit a sweet spot that isn't there and. Yeah, I, I, I mean that's you. You open with the question like, who is this designed for? And I don't think I, I can't come up with anybody. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you've got like you know, you've got you know like two TVs in your house and you want something in the other room that kind of does gaming. Um, but again, like you know, you've already got your PlayStation in the other room. You're not going to buy another PlayStation to put with it. So maybe you'll get that for the, you know your 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 guest room or something. I mean. I don't know. Maybe for hotels. This is what hotels will start putting in all the the rooms, so they can say they have like gaming in their rooms. I mean, I don't know who. Yeah, I can't. I don't know who's gonna buy this. I mean, it's it's the only thing I can think of is like an an, an introductory system, like you know, for kids. Like this is like the middle school of gaming for a kid. No, because that's that's Nintendo. Exactly. That's, what I'm that's the introduction. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. I said that's the only thing I could think of where this could kind of get in there. Like it's 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 for gaming, but it's not really like that's what I said. It's like it's for, it's for gamers, but it's not really for gamers. Like maybe you play a little bit, but you don't play that much. But it's like who is this for? Like it's so, it's, it's so hard to find a spot for it. It's for parents who know their kids want a gaming system but have no understanding of the gaming environment <laughs> and think, oh, I can watch Transparent on this and also my kid can play NBA 2K16. It's perfect. <laughs> and then you wind up with a very disappointed 12-year-old. <laughs> you know, the only thing I can really think of which would be a smart move would be if they just they what they don't care about gaming, but they just want Amazon fire shit in people's houses. Like, you know, like, this is how Netflix got into a lot of houses. Xbox 360s. You know? You know, they bought their son an Xbox 360. One moment, they're playing fucking Call of Duty. Next moment, they're watching, like, I don't know, some, like, uh, 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 fucking, uh, you know, international movie about lesbians, you know? Some shit. And, like, what is that? And they're like, oh, it's Netflix. And then they finally can watch some, some other shit on there. I'm talking about early Netflix. There was nothing on there, guys. There was nothing on there, guys. <laughs> you know how many Korean movies I watched <laughs> on early Netflix, dog? Because there was nothing else there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like, they, this could be a strategy. Like, you know, you get in there, like, so, okay, with the gaming, this is, a, this is a cheap way to get gaming into the household if you have a small child. But at the same time, you could stream all this stuff. You could stream Google or YouTube. You could stream, um, uh, you know, Netflix. You could stream Amazon Prime, you know. That's a good thing. The, the, the fact that the Xbox 360 turned into a media device for a lot of households is the whole reason why Microsoft adjusted their strategy in the first place. You know, and so they're maybe like, huh, maybe we can actually hop on that train too, you know? 
But that's the only smart move, I would say. To be perfectly honest with you. Uh, other than that, they're really trying to get into gaming. I really wouldn't... Uh, I really, I really couldn't see that happening, you know. Well, are they trying to get into gaming, or are they just trying to be like, look, Apple kind of pissed on gaming. We're going to take it seriously, even if it's for no discernible reason. Maybe. I don't know. They may just be trying to get in there. Amazon is a giant, man. Like, they, they do just absorb shit. So, <laughs> that, may be, that, that may be why. Uh, so, let's see. Let's move on to our next topic. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Uh... They, they made an announcement which was good, and that announcement was that all of their future maps will be for free, but what I found out in this post is that Rainbow Six Siege is going to be multiplayer only for $60, and I think that is not a good idea. A six, uh, can you imagine, like, say, like a Rainbow Six that's only, that's only multiplayer, no single player at all. I was when I when I saw that I was, I could, because I didn't hear about that before, but when I saw that I was like, what? Like, it, it kind of I mean, it it wasn't like totally on my radar. Of course, it was because Rainbow Six, and you know, I was just waiting to hear more about it. You know, basically like the single player. But now yeah. that I I, I see it, it kind of jumped off my radar. Now I'm like, yo, you really have to sell me something to to make me pick this game up. You know, it's it's got to be some epic multiplayer shit. Like seriously. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Rainbow Six, it's only single player. That's really oh, sorry, it's only multiplayer. That's kind of tough, and I understand that, okay, you're going to get free maps, but how many free maps? They're not saying anything. And the fact that, like, unless they release this with mod tools, this is kind of a no... I'm not going to say it's a no-go, but like, I'm really hesitant to buy this that game now. Right. I mean, especially for, for uh, you know, somebody like me that's, you know, primarily console, like, yeah, I don't yeah. see any value in this in this game for me unless you know I, I get a community of, of of like you know guys like you and and we get on and we you know we do these you know these epic raids and you know you know yeah. raids raids on homes and and shit like that like that's the only way I could see it fun I don't see the value I see the value more so just like Destiny in the, in in who you're playing with not so much the game. Right, and that's that's part of the problem is that like this game is for anybody that's wondering, this game will not be like Destiny. This game is not going to be nearly as friendly as Destiny. Oh no! If people no. think if 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 Bungie turned off the mic on Destiny because they were worried about people being mean, wait till you get on this game. <laughs> wait till you get on Rainbow Six Siege. Like it's gonna be this game is more tense than Counter Strike. Oh, you yeah. know. You fuck something up, like you guys are going and playing, and you know you fuck something up, and watch how quickly people rip your head off. Watch how quickly <laughs> I'll rip your head off, yo. Like, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even gonna front like I'm a nice person online in these games. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you to go turn your shit off, throw it in the trash, throw yourself in the trash. Like, yo, put your mom on. Maybe she can play better than you. Like, come on, like, like, geez, yeah, it's nah. That's just some light work off the top of the head. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, dude, it's it can get. This is going to be a very tense game, and it's going to be a very like it, people are are going to be upset and mean. Uh, I, voice chat's probably going to be on by default because you're going to need it. You know, Destiny is kind of like first person shooter Care Bears. Like, you know, like you do, <laughs> <laughs> you don't necessarily. I mean, like to play well, uh, it's better if you talk. But you don't have to talk, you know. That's the thing about Destiny. 
Um, this one, you like communication is key. Like if somebody sees like, oh, they got barbed wire down here. Oh, there's a trip mine down here. Like you need to know that, you know. Oh, you accidentally killed a hostage, you fucking moron. Like, you know, like, yeah, that's that's a problem. <laughs> like, yeah, like this this uh, this just being multiplayer only, like you uh, you, you definitely uh, <laughs> it needs to have more value. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to think of like the word I'm really looking for. It, it needs more than just being able to say, well, the, 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 the new maps are free. It comes with 11 maps. It comes with 11 multiplayer maps. The only good thing that I can see from this is that this is a $60 game that comes with 11 maps means that the, the fucking, it's going to be perfected. Like the, oh, yeah. the net code is going to be pristine. The mm-hmm. maps are going to be super balanced. The guns are going to be super balanced. But it also means that, you know, it's just a multiplayer game. Like, there is no single-player experience. Right. Like and single-player experience is huge for Rainbow Six. Like, I yeah. love the Rainbow Six games because the, 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 the single-player is based off of the Tom Clancy books. You know, I have yet to play a Rainbow Six that I thought was bad in terms of single-player. You know? And that's what I was mostly excited for. I was mostly excited for, you know... The single player, and then the multiplayer was going to be like you know just icing, big icing on the cake, <laughs> you know. But it looks like they took it looks like they had like Patriots, like Rainbow Six Patriots, and they just cut, cut out the multiplayer. And said we'll work with that. We can't work with the single player. That's what it feels like. But for sixty bucks, that's hefty. And considering that this, unless they release mod tools, if they release mod tools, then I think it's worth it because that's what made Counter Strike worth it. That's what made Unreal Tournament worth it. That's what made. Uh, Quake 3 Arena worth it because those are all three games that were multiplayer only and had huge communities but not only did you have maps coming out from the uh, from the developer you had modding tools so that the community can make their own maps so they can make their own mods and make things interesting without modding tools for $60 it's a tough buy didn't oh, those yeah. modding tools for those games like not just give us additional maps but lead to additional games yes <laughs> yes Counter-Strike itself is a mod yeah, yeah. Counter Strike itself is a mod, so like, yeah, it definitely led to additional, uh, additional games in general. Like, it led the life of the game just lasted for so long, you know. And I really don't know how this fits. Like, Ubisoft is releasing this game. I don't know how this fits into Ubisoft's "I want money for everything," you know, strategy. They want us. Maybe they're learning, huh? Maybe they're learning. I doubt this is it. Evolution. I doubt it. They're not like one of those good publishers. <laughs> they're, they're not like a Valve or you know somebody or like a a, a CD Projekt Red. Nah, they ruined Assassin's Creed and they'll continue to ruin games if they if they see fit. <laughs> so, so if you want a complete single player and multiplayer experience this season, you need to buy Tomb Raider and Rainbow Six. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even I don't even know if I could play this game on a console, to be honest with you. Like that's how tense it is. Like I could play Destiny on console because like I said, it's fucking Care Bears. But like, you know, like I I can't play Counter Strike on a console. I can't play a game like this on a console because I need my reaction speed. I can't be nerfed. They can't hold me back. <laughs> how is that even a question for you? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually because the funny thing is now a lot of the people I play with are on console because of Destiny. But I'm getting like I'm getting like calls from my old squad, like, "Yo, what's up with Rainbow Six? You coming back?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like out of your out of your house in the woods, like chopping wood, and they're showing up, like, "We need you back." 
<laughs> yeah, actually, one of my friends just hit me up the other day talking about, hey, huge Counter-Strike update, new hitboxes. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm reinstalling Counter-Strike as we speak. Funny with, with you. Yeah, I mean, for the console users in that community, I don't see how this game... I mean, I'm you know, I don't have an Xbox One, but what about Titanfall? Like, how is that still going strong? Like, no, like, yo, do you notice how nobody has said anything about Titanfall, including Microsoft, right? Exactly, man. They're just like, like what do you do? You like, hey, Microsoft, what about Titanfall? They're like, what? And just walk away, like, <laughs> Titan, what? Anybody know what this guy's talking about? I don't what know. Game just, like, you just hear their voice the trailing years. off as they're walking away. <laughs> has anybody seen what the Danish is on? i mean that's the thing look how look how i mean that was supposed to be a a really strong uh point for that system and and you know i don't really see this game i I can't say i can't see it being successful because it is rainbow six it's a totally different you know atmosphere and environment and it's it's coming from a totally different place as far as what type of game it is but and and the type of people that it will attract but I mean, just to go, just to completely negate single player when Rainbow Six, you know, for the past couple of years has been a very strong single player game, just to negate that and just totally, you know, they have to do something like, it has to just be game changing to make people be like, oh, shit, I got to play that. Like, I, I just don't see it. You know, it looked really cool in all the videos and, you know, all the little write-ups I saw and everything, like it, it was looking awesome. But I'm like, yo, this is just one aspect. You know, but to to know that that's it, I don't know if I'm willing to you know to 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 come out early and and get it and and try it. I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I think that's gonna be tough. Like, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Rainbow Six has always had a strong single player, but it's also always had a strong multiplayer. Right. That's why I was like, you're, that's why people get excited for Rainbow Six. People who've played it get excited for Rainbow Six. I just think, to be honest with you, I think Rainbow Six is um might be a little bit more difficult than a lot of players want it to be right now. You know, than a lot of than I think the average player wants it to be. I think that's why Destiny's like Crucible does so well. Like so people are always playing it because it's so fucking easy to play in the Crucible. If the Crucible actually required some skill, you would see way less people playing it. You know? I mean like Nick, how often do you play competitive first person shooters? Other than Destiny? Not at all. Exactly. <laughs> Another one of our friends, Jeff, he play like he'll play the Crucible, but he'll, he'll openly admit he's like, yeah, I don't take people one on one. I just get in a group and I kill people with the group. Like, <laughs> oh no, see, I I try to kill people one on one all the time. All I do is I run around shoulder charging everybody. That's my only <laughs> my only skill. You were talking before comparing Destiny and uh, and Rainbow Six, and I was just trying to imagine my Titan in a hostage situation, <laughs> just charging everybody with a shoulder charge. Like, that's just, <laughs> <laughs> oh dude yeah like i it just it's yeah that's the thing the only thing i can say that's that might be helping with these more with these harder games or i don't even want to say they're harder games but they're actually they're they're more competitive there's a higher skill ceiling you know uh there's a there's a steeper learning curve and you're rewarded your reward for being good at the game is winning <laughs> you know, that, unlike Destiny, where your reward for, for you know being slightly better than somebody else is having it just becoming overpowered. You know, your reward for being good at the game is winning. The only thing that might is helping with that, I think, is esports, where people are saying that like you know things like Counter Strike are taking 
you know, um, center, center stage, and they see that skill and the reward for skill is winning. Not getting, uh, you know, power-ups or getting some type of kill streak where you can now bomb everybody else on the map except your teammates for some odd reason, you know, because you got five kills in a row. You know what in Counter-Strike, uh, killing five people in a row, you know what you get for that? You win the fucking round. You defuse the bomb. <laughs> You're the hero. You know, that's, that's the reward. Right. You know? And I, I think that might help in, in, in Rainbow Six's case, but still, 60 bucks. Yeah, PC-wise, I think it could do it. I think it could do it PC-wise, especially if it uh, comes with modding tools. Console-wise, I'm not expecting much here. I, I also think it, it, would, it would get more people to, uh, to, to come on and, and give it a try if it was early in, in the, the console life. Yes. You know, just like Titanfall was a launch title. Like, a lot of people played it just because, like, oh, I, you know, I need something to play. I want to try something new. So if this game was a launch title or, or a, you know, around the first year, I think a lot more people would be like, oh, shit, let me play this. But now with, you know, people expecting more out of the console and more out of the games, like, I don't know. I just don't see a, a you know, for consoles, I just don't see it being something that people just, want to hop on and play now pc is a different story i I can see people you know getting into it a lot more because if you have that modding scene like that's that's huge but you know for consoles you know we don't have that type (laughs) you know what i'm saying so i don't see it being something that just takes over and people just start playing it i just not nah yeah i don't think they're uh, i I, for consoles i'm not seeing a bright future here and unfortunately for Ubisoft, that's what they really care about. Ubisoft does not give two shits about PC. Like, they, they really don't. I mean, they have some games where the developer pushes for PC preference over console, like, like Far Cry. And that's because Far Cry is known for having intense visuals. You know, and that's why. But, like, if, if Ubisoft can, they focus primarily on console. PC is such an afterthought to them. Right. And the, the thing about it is, like, with this game, like, a lot of people you know, like a Call of Duty, like people might buy it for the multiplayer and then they, you know, one day they're like, oh, let me try the single player. Like, oh, and they're like, you know, they might like it or, or somebody, you know, they'll buy it for the single player and then they'll hop on and be like, oh, let me try multiplayer. And it, you know, it, it gets people to, to, to try different game modes out. Like if, if you're just going in and you know what you're getting, like multiplayer, like a lot of people that, you know, would want to try it, they, they won't want to jump on and play because they're like, yo, there's no single player. There's, there's no reason for me to even buy it you know, to, yeah. to give it a try. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why they, you know, decided to do this. Yeah. But, well, we'll see. I mean, we could, we could be wrong. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to see this spread on console. Oh, yeah. And I would, PC. It would, I think it would be awesome. See, the only thing that, that, that has me worried, like like you said, you were like, this is an intense game. It's more serious. Like, so either they're trying to bring that to a console or, or they're dumbing it down to, to, you know, so either way, it's not, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I can I fully expect aim assist to be off for this game. Um, but yeah, for like you know, I like the thing about I think the thing for console players, the 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 worst the, the worst enemy of this game is console players because you're gonna get a lot of people that get it and act like complete retards right. in the game. <laughs> you know, not staking the place out, just running through the front door, get blown away, <laughs> like shoulder charge. Now you know, going through the front door, you know, strapping C4 to the same wall that the right. fucking uh, hostage is on. 
Right. <laughs> you know, blowing them away. Oh, game over. What <laughs> happened? I don't understand. People don't even understand objectives in fucking Destiny. You know, like, <laughs> you want them to... This, this game is complex. You gotta work together. Right. Can you imagine, like, a Titan trying to fist of havoc through floors to get <laughs> yeah. to the hostages <laughs> in the basement? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like oh sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh we'll we'll see what happens it comes out i think in october or yeah it's pretty soon coming out soon yeah yeah so uh but yeah let's move on to our next topic let's talk about this uh possible voice actor strike that may be coming up uh, so voice actors, they have also recognized, uh, voice actors specifically for video games, have recognized how much money video games are making. And they're uh, asking for things like, you know, uh, royalties after the game makes a profit, stunt pay for vocally stressful recording sessions, um, the presence of a stunt coordinator on set to prepare actors for motion capture as necessary, and more transparency on game projects. This is this is what they want. They want more insight into what the game is. They're not just happy with being called in for their voice acting stuff, and then that's it. I think more specifically, they just, they really want that pay for royalties. You know, after the game makes a profit. And me and Nick talked about this for a little bit. Uh, me personally, I well, I think good performances are key, and especially in some games, they're more important than not. Okay, uh, like I can think like a game like Uncharted, it's really, really important for um for the voice acting to be on point because they talk so much and dialogue is so important, you know. Uh, whereas a game like uh. We or there was a game like Metal Gear, for example. Metal Gear, I thought that the voice acting was going to be super important. Turns out it's not, because Keith Sutherland is a terrible snake, and you have the bad ocelot, but yet the game is incredible. You know, so good performances are appreciated and sometimes important, but I wouldn't say they're necessary for these games. You know, and I think they actually may end up getting burned on this. Like the only thing that could really help is just like more of a social push for this to get done, you know. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for people getting paid what they think they deserve, what they deserve, as long as it's it is deserving. I don't know how much. I mean, they're asking for royalties after the fact. I'm just kind of like, uh, I don't know. Like even people who sing songs don't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, th- their royalties are funny depending on how often, like if they actually wrote it or not, you know. So, like, it's an instant pay for vocally stressful recording sessions. Like, isn't that an industry, like, hazard? Wouldn't that be considered, like, an industry hazard, <laughs> you know? Well, I'm sure that the same thing would have been said about, like, stunt pay for stunts until they decided to actually start implementing stunt pay. Like, oh, you're going to be jumping for a movie, like, yeah, that's just the hazard. You know what you're doing. Like, we're not actually going to pay you more. And then they actually won that argument to get stunt pay, so. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an industry hazard until it's not. Yeah, that's the thing. And part of being a voice actor is knowing how to do things like that without hurting your fucking voice. Like, well, I think the problem is what what exactly is a vocally stressful recording? Because I mean, there's a difference between, you know, th- I think there's a difference between you know maybe doing a lot of recording that might be stressful or like having to like scream or I mean, there's certain things like knowing how to record them, and there are certain things that they're just going to hurt your vocal cords. Yeah, <laughs> that you know, depending on the noises that you're asked to make, that yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't quite know what exactly they're they're looking to get considered as 
you know, for, for vocal stress, but I mean, depending on what they're asked for, I think there's certain things that, you, you know, as much as you, you may know how to, you know, protect your vocal cords, there are certain things that you just can't. It's like, you know, you may know how to fall, but you're, there's still a risk of, you know, twisting your knee or something. Right. That That's true. That, that, that's true. Uh, they also want, you know, a uh, president of a stunt coordinator on set to prepare actors for motion capture as necessary. I don't know a lot of voice actors that do motion capture, though. Nolan North. Yeah, well, Nolan, uh, that's Nolan. like Naughty. I know Naughty Dog uses their voice actors for, vo- for for motion capture. Yes, you know, but a lot of motion capture is done. You know, the face is done separately from the body. You know, because they actually have professional stunt people doing, uh, you know, voice acting. You know, so I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think they're asking for too much. You know. Uh, I don't think they're asking for too much, but like I said, when you look at the like, I think they can get scabbed out. To be honest, with well, you. I th- I think that's the big concern here is that I think one we've seen a lot of mainstream actors, you know, sort of like typical Hollywood actors moving into the gaming industry space. I mean, look at look at the the cast of Destiny, um, you know, and even including Peter Dinklage, even though he's no longer there. Um, I mean, one of the great things that, uh, you know, Nathan Fillion has gotten, you know, great, uh, you know, great comments regarding his performance as Cade Six in The Taken King. Um, that, you know, he's one of the highlights of the expansion. Um, and I think that the traditional voice actors, I think they see a, mo- a movement of, you know, traditional Hollywood actors kind of coming in using their fame from other medium to kind of knock them out. And I think that's a, there's a little concern about that. And I think also too, I know Nolan North himself has said he's a little concerned about how he was brought in to replace Dinklage that anybody can be brought into a game to, you know, do a recording for it. And then at any point effectively be erased from that game that as much as he sees what he did to Dinklage, not so much he did it. I mean, he can't, you know, he was hired to do his job. It wasn't his decision to replace Dinklage. But as much as he was brought in to replace Dinklage, he can see, you know, for his vast repertoire of performances and, you know, his vast casting list, other, you know, more professional actors, not to say that he's not professional, but more renowned actors brought in to replace him, you know, going forward. And so I think there's a general sense of concern that as a voice actor, you may be living on borrowed time that, that, to be able to kind of get the renown, to be a Nolan North, to be a Troy Baker, um, to be a Jennifer Hale, that those kinds of positions are going to be sort of replaced. And we're just going to be talking about, you know, the latest, you know, Emmy award winning or Academy award winning actor who's come in and is filling in in a game. I mean, look at uh, Angela Bassett on rainbow six. Yeah. I mean, the thing about the funny thing about it though, um, I think for a lot of games, especially like huge budget games, those are the ones that you're going to see the, the big actors on. And the thing about like, you know, the, the cast of destiny and Angela Bassett and rainbow six, like they're not really voice acting. They're just saying lines. You know, they're, they're, they're saying lines. Like they don't change. That's the thing about voice actors. Like voice, like Nolan North, if you go look like at the list of games he's done, just for example, Nathan Drake sounds nothing like the Ghost and Destiny. Sounds nothing like Desmond and Assassin's Creed. That's, I told somebody that he was all these different people, and they were like, "I didn't know he did all those different voices." And that's what a voice actor is to me—somebody who can actually change. Even people didn't even know it was Nolan North in The Last of Us. Like people got to the got to the end of The Last of Us and said, "I saw Nolan North in the credits, but I didn't hear his voice." I'm like, "Dude, he's the last crazy dude at that little like at that at the snow place." Like they didn't know that. 
There's a Grantland interview with Nolan North, and it has a great quote that he became so ubiquitous that he went from being like, oh, this game has Nolan North, to then being like, oh, this game has Nolan North? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is exactly, you know, that's exactly, like, what it is. Like, they really, a voice actor, like, you know, if I ask you how many games Jennifer Hale has been in, most people are like, man, I don't know. But, like, she's been in so many different games. Like, she's a very well-known voice actress. You know, and that's that's the difference between the, the uh, I guess, the, the Hollywood stars doing voice acting versus the uh, real voice actors. Because the Hollywood stars, they can do a few games, and that's it. But, like, you know, they're, they're never going to change their voice because that's why they're in the game in the first place. Because of yes. their voice. Whereas voice actors will they'll constantly be needed. You know, real voice actors. I mean, Nathan Fillion, how many games is he in? He, I think that and Firefly. Well, no, he, he's in um, he's in uh, Destiny and Halo. Oh, you're right, yes. You know, And I think he plays Nathan Fillion in all of yes, them. Yes, his voice is exactly the same in all of them, and that's the thing. Even Call of Duty, unless a specific character comes back, they don't bring, like, you know, if it, unless a specific character comes back, they're not going to bring a voice actor back in. You know, so we're not going to get more Kevin Spacey in Call of Duty. No, he's his character's dead, so he, so so he's done. He's he's done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't think voice actors, ha- in terms of losing their jobs, I don't think they have that big of a deal to work on. And most voice jobs are a permanent thing. Like Destiny is a constantly moving device. You know, Destiny is a constantly moving um, game. So yeah, sure, they may replace hit, uh, you know Nolan North at some point with somebody else if they really, really needed to. But, I mean, I don't think most voice actors have, have a problem or something to worry about. Like, you know, voice actors in Mass Effect, someday you turn the game and it's a different voice. I can't see that happening. Maybe not for a game that came out like that, but, you you know, you could see... I mean, we have seen a franchise literally change the uh, the voice actor of the main character. Well, and that's, yeah. Uh, the, ha- Hater to, to Sutherland. Hater to Sutherland. The guy who played Cole in, uh, in um, uh, Infamous 1 and Infamous 2 as well. But yeah, but you, you can. But, like, that's... who? How are you going to stop that? You can't stop it at all. And he's... St- you know, Hater, if, if that deal was in place, Hater would still get all of that money for Snake that he's done in all the other games just not the new one. So what's the difference? He you get a little more money from the older games. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. He, he can't claim, uh, lay claim, you know, to the uh, to the new games to, or to the character. The character doesn't belong to him. I'm pretty sure the voice actors don't do any writing for these characters either. You know, but in some cases they do bring the character to life. Like he brought Snake to life. Like you know. The fact that you don't hear that ridiculous tone, but it's it's Snake. That ridiculous tone is like, liquid! Like, that's Snake right there, you know? You get none of that. You get none of that in the new Metal Gear. But still, it's a great game, you know? That's why I think they might get burned on this. And I hope they don't. Because I like, you know, the, the the bigger voice actors, especially the ones that they're mentioning. I like them. But I think, I think they might get burned on this. They They need the support of the people, like, for this. For this to actually push forward, they need the support of the people. Because if you were to go tell Kojima now, like, you know, we're replacing uh, Hater with, uh, you know, Sutherland was a really bad idea, he'd just pull up a sheet of all the 10 out of 10 reviews that he got, and he'd pull out <laughs> maybe his last, like, royalty check from fucking Konami. Like, you see all those zeros? You'll never make that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have a nice day. 
Like, like that's basically like w- what he can do, and he'd be one hundred percent right. Like you know, he basically made uh he made that character. You can actually play Metal Gear without being Big Boss. Did you guys know that? Oh, I think I think he did. You tell me. I think he did tell me that. You can play without playing actually as Big Boss. You can play as other characters for the whole game if you wanted to. Well, actually, you have to get to a certain point, and then you can do it. Okay. You can play to a certain point, and then you can do it. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's how he handled that situation. Man, I don't know, man. This is this is tough for me. Man. I don't know. It's a weird situation. It is because you know a lot of times you're like when when we think back at video games, like oh the voice acting was so good. Like I said, like some games are way more important. Like like at least it feels like like Uncharted. Like if Nathan, uh, you know, if if Nathan Drake's voice was different or the delivery was different. How like the game would not be? It just feels like the game wouldn't be what it is. That's just the way it feels. It feels like the game wouldn't be what it is. But maybe I'm wrong because I felt the same way about Metal Gear. And now look at me. Right. Now look. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. you were raging pretty hard against Sutherland for a while. Yeah, and I, I will still attest to the fact that he is a he sucks as as Big Boss. But to fix that, Kojima made Big Boss irrelevant. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I I think that I, that almost begs the question: like, why did he need to fix that if you could have just used H- Hater? Like, what was like? And I don't know. Maybe this was something between him and and Konami that led to the ultimate dissolution of their relationship. But yeah, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. If, maybe 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 for as good as Metal Gear Five is, that there was a better version out there that has Hater, and Kojima doesn't have to work around that. Maybe I don't know, but he is a fucking master, man. Like, yo, he, the characters just talk around Big Boss while making it seem like Big Boss is still important. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like if you listen, like, yo, you just made that decision by yourself. <laughs> if you listen to the talk, you totally just made that decision by yourself. You really didn't need me to be here at all for that. <laughs> but yeah, that that's the thing. Like, it really he 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 master he, he crafted that. Masterfully, he showed that Metal Gear isn't Solid Snake. It's not Big Boss. Metal Gear is Kojima. That's what he showed with this game. And I think he he kind of like he that 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 was should have shaken a little fear into voice actors when you because Snake like Snake is a, an iconic character with an iconic voice, and Kojima was just like, no, no, this is my show. I am Metal Gear, and now you're irrelevant. And that's what he did, and still made an amazing game. That, I think that is more of a problem than, you know, actors coming in and taking the place of some of these, uh, uh, you know, regular actors coming in and taking the place of some of these voice actors. I'd be afraid of that. I'd be afraid of Kojima. I'd never say anything bad about any of his games again, because that's pretty much what Hater did, and I'm almost positive that's why he's not in this game. So the big hashtag for this that the the actors have been using is hashtag performance matters, and you're actually saying that hashtag performance does not matter. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Like, to, I think to the gamers it does to a degree. I think, it, but like, while, while as we you know we might have thought it was mainly the main course before in some of these games, even in some dialogue heavy games like Metal Gear, you want to talk dialogue heavy? That's fucking Metal Gear. Okay, it was more icing. It was it be it was the centerpiece because Kojima wanted it to be the centerpiece. Now he wants something else to be the centerpiece, and he showed that he can do that. I mean, but really, in this in the industry that they're in, what's what's the difference between you know 
them getting replaced in a movie and you know or a game like i you know what's the difference you know between the two like acting is acting you know what i'm saying like i don't really i don't know man it's just, it's weird to me like to 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 really you know have a problem with this i just look at it as just the nature of the game like i don't know man. that is like it really is it could be just the nature of the beach you can't cement yourself. there's like no way for you to cement yourself right i mean we've seen you know you've seen big time actors get replaced in in, in movies i mean of course you know i i think those movies the the sales and the you know the staying power that that movie is reflected on those decisions and games is a little different. You know, if you make a good game, most of the time people are going to, you know, buy it or play it anyway. But I mean, you know, if it's that big, if you made that much of an impact, I think people, people will speak with their wallets and they'll, you know, they'll talk about it, you know, and clearly metal gear is just not, you know, it was like you said, it was Kojima. That was the star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I have a whole new respect for him, you know. Like that is some gangster shit. Like that yeah. is just some, like, oh no, it's only it was only that way because I allowed it to be. Right. Like, you mean, know, it was like, <laughs> wow, wow. Like you know, yeah. It's just like, yo, this is gonna work. No, it's not. No, I'm telling you, it's gonna work. This is this is mine. This is gonna work. And for yes. you to be like, <laughs> it comes out, you're like, damn it. <laughs> exactly. exactly that's exactly what happened because yo i wasn't excited for it at all i was like you well you know me like people i remember for it. i was like eh, i don't know i don't know yeah man. and it came out I'm like yo i can't believe this man i, I can't believe that i'm feeling it this much i mean you, uh, that's you think hater cried when he played like he did it without me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know how i don't know how he feels because you can't deny that's an awesome game Right. Can't deny, like it's just ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I, I, hopefully this works out for the best for the voice actors. They come to some type of like deal beforehand. But um, you know, I, I really hope it doesn't bite them in the ass. Yeah, I mean, my, I'll go ahead, go ahead. I just want to say, my only concern is if this is going to affect development and production going forward. If there is a strike, right? Yeah. Well, we've already seen games. I, I guess I think they can scab people out. Because somebody needs money somewhere, <laughs> you know. Somebody right. will voice act when the, when the other voice actors won't. Oh yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, I mean, I'm I'm all for people getting you know compensated and and, and getting the things that they want for for doing a great job. But it's like, when have you seen a game totally get just destroyed for bad voice acting and it's still being a great game? Like, you get points knocked off, and they you know they mention it, but it still is not something that will totally destroy a game. So, I mean, if they get people in and, and they get replaced, I mean, that's just what it is until, you know, I, I really don't see any other way it could be. I mean, that's just me though. You're right. You're absolutely right. So we'll see how it goes though. Uh, let's, let's get into our last topic here. And that's regarding esports. We kind of touched on esports a little bit earlier, but, um, Big things happen in esports this week. Uh, I know. I think Call of Duty got like a three million dollar, um, like prize pot for its tournament. Another game also got a three million dollar prize pot for its next season. Um, fan, not FanDuel. Who is it? A DraftKings now has like an esports fantasy draft, and now we're looking at like it looks like Counter Strike Global Offense is gonna is gonna have a weekly show on TBS. 
for 20 weeks. For 20 weeks, a weekly CSGO, like, show. Like, I, I imagine they're going to show the gameplay. I, I just don't understand. I don't know how it's going to go. Are they going to show highlights of games? You know? Like, is that gonna, like how, how is that going to work? Because right now, these, these teams, like, they'll... You know, it's been, I'll be honest, it's been a while since I've been inside the competitive scene, so I, I'm not an expert on that in Counter-Strike. Now, I don't know how the leagues are running now. I know the leagues used to run, you know, with Cal, you'd have a weekly matchup. But every team would have a weekly matchup. And you're talking hundreds of teams having weekly matchups. So maybe you just pick the best teams and, 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 and broadcast those. You know, and I don't know if they're going to be live or not. I don't know if that says that here if the if the if the games are going to be broadcast live. But one of the thing is, I don't know how well it's going to work out because it feels like esports is better suited for Twitch or YouTube gaming, some place where people can interact back because that's part of the that's part of the thing. Like when I'm watching Evo, or I'm watching um, you know, StarCraft. Uh, you know, like you know the the, the league in StarCraft. You can see people talking and going back and forth and, you know, having arguments or having agreements. And then, you know, the uh, the broadcasters are interacting also with the chat. You know, that that's better suited for, you know, TVs, phones, things that are interactive. I mean, I guess you can always have make it so that, you know, while something's live on TV, you can have a, a live chat going on via phone in front of somebody's in front of somebody's TV. That's a possibility. Or they can have their laptop out. But I'm, I'm just curious to see how well it's going to play on TV. But this is a big deal. You know, TBS, that's not a small channel. They're gonna, for tw- they've dedicated 20 weeks of this. I mean, I, th- I think it's huge. But I, I just, the staying power, I just, I'm just not sure about. When, when something is, you know, cemented as it is, and this is how it was introduced to the community that, you know, it's attracted. Like, I just don't see them transitioning over to watching it on on television when they can just watch it on their computer. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't see this drawing in a bigger audience either. Right, exactly. Like, people who watch esports or play games know about esports, and they either choose to watch it or they don't. I don't see, like, I don't see, like you know, your dad watching Counter-Strike. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people can watch regular sports on TV, football, basketball, baseball, because they have a basic understanding of how they work. You know? They have a basic understanding of how they work, and they can appreciate that. And the more they watch, the more knowledge they'll grow about it. But if you go into a game and not understand at all what's happening, you know, why are these guys standing there? Why aren't these guys doing anything? Why are these guys doing this? Why are these guys doing that? If if you don't get any of that, um, you know, it's really just kind of like, this is dumb, and I'm going to turn the channel, and that's it. Right. It has to be something to lure new viewers in, something that, you know, it has to be all in the presentation and how it's presented to make people pay more attention to it, you know, because the people that are already into this this type of thing, they're going to go where they've been going. They're not going to, it's not going to change, so. You know, I, I I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, I really don't see it drawing a new audiences, but the fact that it's be, it's becoming big enough that you know we're gonna see it on TV. ESPN is talking about driving more into it now. Um, that's good news. That's getting bigger. Uh, the problem that I foresee is becoming so like, very very commercialized. You know, and I think that's 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 inevitable. It's gonna happen. It's gonna become very commercialized. They're gonna try to squeeze every dime of money they can 
out of this, and then I think it's going to back off a little bit, to be honest with you. You know, it might be on ESPN for a little bit, but then it's going to drop down to ESPN too. You know, right, right. <laughs> like, you know that, that, that's the thing. Like, no, no Sunday night Counter Strike. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't see that that happening. It won't be on Sunday. It's going to be on Friday night. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> that's. I, I think. I think that's kind of the other part of this equation too. Is that TBS is throwing this on Friday night, which is a low, a low, uh, like view viewed a little a lowly watch night for TV. I don't know why I couldn't put those words together, um, but it's. It, I think it's one of those things where it's kind of a low risk gamble for them as far as when they're putting it in the schedule. It's not like they're really losing. They're not giving up prime TV real estate for this, right? And so if this is, if I think if this is really this is the kind of thing that, you know, ESPN goes ahead and they air something like the uh, uh, the the Heroes of the Storm tournament, and there's a lot of blowback against them like oh this isn't a real sport or everything and the more that you can just have this on tv somewhere so that when somebody is flipping through the channels and they don't even have to sit there and watch it as long as they just flip by they see like 30 seconds enough to realize like oh this is a video game and then move on if they can get used to this being almost like background noise that okay you know what yeah so Competitive video, you know, video games, that's a thing. Esports, that's a thing. It gets broadcast on TV. I'm not going to get upset about it because this is part of my world, and I'm just going to accept it in the background. Once it gets to that level, I think that's when esports can really make a move because up until up until they get to that point, I mean, we're, we're talking about this for a reason, that esports is still making that fight for viability and, you know, respectability and, and just to be considered you know, part of, you know, mainstream entertainment, so to say. And I, you know, until they get to that point that they're accepted, every little thing that they do is we're going to talk about because it's news. And this is another step in that move that, yeah, you know, the more they can, the more, the more that, you know, the average TV viewer, whoever it is, accepts that esports is a thing, then, you know, the more esports, you know, gets towards acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think you're right. I mean, like it becomes a, once it becomes a more normal thing, I think we're, we're going to see a better use of uh, esports in the mainstream. You know, to be to be perfectly honest with you, um, I do think that the funny thing is I do think that people who watch esports thinks esports is bigger than it actually is, and it's just not getting the credit that it deserves. <laughs> like I constantly hear that stat, well, League of Legends sold out the Staples Center, and I constantly have to remind people, they sold out the available seats in the Staples Center. Right. They, did sell, they did not sell out the Staples Center, even though it was a good amount of people there. Don't get me wrong. It was a lot of people there. I think if you, can, if you count all the seats they couldn't sell, I think they filled up 75% of the Staples Center. That's still impressive. That's impressive. But st- hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep the truth in there. You did not sell out the Staples Center. Kobe Bryant doesn't sell out the Staples Center, okay? <laughs> you did not sell out the Staples Center. But esports is big. There's a, and I just, to be honest with you, I don't see the stuff that I think is, is, is easy to make money off of in, in these cases. I don't see people taking advantage of that. I don't see people, like, you know, selling team shirts. Like I'm just, I think teams do individually, but I don't see people making, like, these big promotion deals with team shirts and bottles and book bags and things like that on it you know team branded keyboards mice i mean i wouldn't buy any of that shit but somebody would <laughs> exactly yeah, that, that, maybe that's another problem with esports dude i'm my own team 
Like, <laughs> I'm the playmaker over here. <laughs> Think about esports. Whereas, like, yeah, I know I'm not going to get on a fucking basketball court and dunk on LeBron James. But you know what? I can get a headshot on some of these uh, these pro players. <laughs> You know, but you know that's the thing. Yeah, I, I, I just think I'd always thought that was weird that I don't see more branding for these teams that are, that are big or these players that are big, and maybe that that also might come to the fact that a lot of gamers are haters. Like you know, oh yeah, if yeah. I if I was walking around a uh, fucking summer jam and I saw somebody wearing a Daigo shirt, I, I'd look at them funny. Like really, dude? <laughs> really? <laughs> a Daigo? Daigo? Really? Like, I mean, he's the man, but yo, make your own legacy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it may be that's the issue so but i don't know i think i think it's a good idea uh i think it's good that we, we see that we just esports is becoming way more mainstream and there's gonna be a lot more fun poked at it before it becomes accepted it's gonna be a lot more jimmy kimmel's a lot more uh uh howard stern's even though howard stern wasn't that bad they made fun of that dude for being so excited about getting a gallahorn um <laughs> Howard Howard Stern. Pretty, Wait, are you saying Destiny's an esport? <laughs> no, but they, they got an audio clip of a guy playing Destiny, and he freaked out when he got a Gallahorn dropped. And he came. I thought it was hilarious when Cal, uh, Howard Stern said it. He was like, he got a a Gallyhorn. <laughs> he didn't know how to pronounce it. You know, and I'm pretty sure there was some nerd in the background saying it's pronounced Yallahorn. <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I, I think we're gonna get a lot more of that. So gamers should uh, brace for that first, and then um, you know, then things will probably start to normal now. You know, as these old people die, we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's gonna bring us to the end of our show. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us every Monday. We are every Monday uh, from now until we decide to stop, which I think is going to be sometime. And uh, we'll probably go through De- through December because January is usually like a slow time, isn't it? You know, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll have more information on that later. Uh, so we're every Monday. You have Wow Talk, which is every other Tuesday. Uh, at this point, so it's bi-weekly. You have an orbit, which after this next in orbit is actually going to be bi-weekly. So you're going to get two in orbits a month, and in orbit is... Let me pull up the calendar. It is not next week, even though it might be next week. I don't know. i got to talk to some guys. But I will look out for it on the 12th and the 26th. Might be the 5th and the 19th, so I don't know. Cool. We'll find out. Uh, but then you also have double tap which is uh, monthly for now. Okay, so you you do have those podcasts. We do have some, we have some uh, additional recordings floating around now. Uh, we got some interviews uh, that we did coming out. Uh, we're still pushing out reviews. Uh, but for our main podcast, which is Mashcast, Wild Talk, Double Tap, and In Orbit, you can catch all those on iTunes. They're on iTunes. They're all on SoundCloud. They're on Stitcher Smart Radio for Android and iOS devices. They're on Overcast. They're on Player.fm. They're on Pocket Cast. And if you have some type of weird RSS reader, you can grab the RSS feed for that as well. So they are all there. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, just keep us keep up with what we're doing. Uh, you can reach us reach out to us on uh, MTB site. We're on Facebook.com slash smash those buttons. We are also on YouTube.com slash smash those buttons. Now, if you want to find me on Twitter, I am. Uh, at underscore jaw underscore so it's at J, you know so it's underscore j a a underscore uh nick what's your twitter at wookie bh right and uh sage what about you uh at sage infinite 
right? So we you can catch us there on Twitter. Right now, uh, if you haven't heard, we do have a contest going on. If you want to get into that gigantic beta, uh, you, we are giving out beta keys. Round one is going on right now. We're going to give away 10 keys on the 30th. So that is Wednesday of this week. Uh, we're going to give away uh, 10 beta keys. Those keys include access to the win- to the PC version and the Xbox One version. If you don't have an Xbox One or you don't have a Windows 10 PC, you're going to be wasting your time signing up for the competition. Okay. Uh, there's more details on how you can increase your chances to win on uh, the website. So just go to mashlessbuttons.com slash gigantic, and it's easy to sign up. You just have to have a Twitter account, and you can go in and uh, you know try to get a beta key this Wednesday, and like I say, even if you lose, there's still more chances to win. We have uh, the, the technical turn is a metric shit ton of keys, so <laughs> we have a lot of keys to give away. Uh, so this is the first round, and uh, if you, even if you lose, you still have a chance to win. Actually, if you lose, the next round you have a, you have a greater chance to win. Okay, so check that out, and uh, thanks for listening again, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. Later, guys.